Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. I think 37. 37. Let me let me check. Let me double check here real quick. Oh, never mind. This is this is 36. 36. I believe. Th yeah, 36. Uh, and with that, welcome back to today's show, Off the Track, episode number 36. And once again, Bennett and I are in the same location shooting this podcast. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having a great Wednesday. I'm your host, Tanner Holmes. And as I said, joining me, Bennett Gooch. Bennett, how's life been? Pretty good. Uh, like we mentioned a while back, 21st birthday happened. happened. That How was, was that? Fun. That was pretty fun. You know, uh, definitely made some money and lost everything. And, you know, so that was <laughs> yeah. fun. Did you have a Did you have a race trailer at the end of it? Like you said, we didn't have a race trailer, but we did have a lot of fun and memories. But uh, you know, this week's kind of a big week, and that's kind of why we're down here in Red Bluff, California, filming in the Toter Home. It's actually funny. It's been probably I would say three months since I've been in here. Yeah, since our last sprint car race. So. Uh, you know, I'm getting excited for the outdoor season. So that's what kind of why we're down here to talk about, you know, the upcoming week and some of the stuff that happened last week and everything in between. Yeah, this is this is arguably the biggest week in outlaw kart racing. I mean, it's the West Coast Nationals. There's going to be people from all over, you know, Northwest, local California. I saw, I think there was a big trailer of guys coming from Texas and Oklahoma, roughly. Usually, but, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma usually have a decent showing. Yeah, th those guys are coming. So, I mean, I think we're expecting maybe 230. With, with the cage clones, it's going to be upwards of 250, probably, right. I think, between all the classes. Uh, we are filming this on Wednesday. The West Coast Nationals literally starts the day that this is being released with the Cage Clone Classic. Yep. And then we go into three nights of outlaw carts between Beginner Box, Box Stock, 250, OI, Sportsman, and the Premier Division, the Open Class. And, and I would say we're probably... In the opens, my guess is going to be around the, the 65 mark, maybe. If we get around that, I would say it's a pretty good car count. It's just, it, you never know. Some people really like to run nationals. Obviously, all the big dogs are going to be here. But then also, since we're getting close to summer season, it kind of drops off a little. Yeah, I know we kind of have some, uh, some I guess you would say, debates going on right now. Because, you know, you have some people that are going to be running some outdoor stuff this weekend that plan on running nationals i think we can drop their names absolutely Obviously, go for it landon brooks is going to be running at placerville um i think saturday right yeah but, uh you know it could rain out and i think tanner thorson plans to race here and he's going to be running merced with the outlaws so uh you know some people are you know running big cars and if they can make it here on the final day to run the soup then they're going to run it yeah it's going to be interesting yeah bennett mentioned landon my teammate so right now he is scheduled to run placerville saturday you mentioned uh, tanner thorson as they're running the outlaws merced and then ocean so right now it looks like anybody that's going to run with the world of outlaws the other one is kobe copeland who has been uh kind of fairly regular with red bluff this season had quite a few starts they're all going to run friday uh, with the Outlaws at Merced, but then Ocean looks like it's going to rain out, and then Placerville looks like it's going to rain out, and I think it's even going to rain here. Yeah. So pretty much the whole state is getting hit with uh, some sort of weather. So the game plan is <laughs> there's people that are going to be in their place for the time that is going to be missed, but if the weather hits, then they will all be here racing. So that's also going to throw a, a huge curveball into it. To start, though, just to give any context for people that don't know about the West Coast Nationals and kind of why it's so big. And as I said, this is this is the mecca for outlaw kart racing. This Pretty is much. it. This is as big as it gets. This is the most prestigious it gets. And I think they said this is the 17th year this event has taken place. 
And the sole reason, as I said earlier, it just there's going to be guys coming from all over. We're all competing for the the Golden Eagle, which is kind of the brand of this race and the nationals. And then also, I mean, just a lot of guys say like, if, if you don't get an Eagle, you know, is that that's a big part of your karting career and calling it what it was. So, um, it's just such a big race and everybody is going to be putting all out on the line over the next, you know, 72 hours. Yeah. I think it's safe to say if you gave me the option to either have a championship under my belt, the rebel of outlaws or a West coast nationals Eagle, I'm going to go with the Eagle 10 times over. I know just back as a kid, you know, you're excited for this race because I got to get out of school early on Fridays. You know, you were out of school for probably two days because you came down early and whatnot. So, you know, it's just always been an event you look forward to throughout the year and it finally comes around and you know by the first day if you're going to have a good weekend or you know if you're (laughs) going to have a bad weekend because it either goes one of two ways. And what you said there that totally describes it is and it's an event. It, you know, we're not going to race. We're not just going to win. We are going to win, but we're going to win an event, not just a race. And, and like I said, I think that's what all the past and current people that have ran the Red Bluff Outlaws have done such a phenomenal job promoting and, you know, year after year having such a great West Coast Nationals. And that's the reason why it only continues to grow. There's only more purse money. There's only more people showing up. And Sunday is one of the few times that probably the grandstands will be so packed that, you know, in a way you do have to struggle to maybe find a seat here or there, at least a good one, uh, because, you know, everybody wants to see who's going to lead lap 50 uh, on the open A-Main event come Sunday afternoon. So that's a little bit of a look on why we're here. Next part of the podcast, I want to just kind of recap a little bit. We always try to talk about what's been going on at Red Bluff, and the point season is now completely complete. Uh, it's over. The final standings are, are, are there. Landon Brooks ended up capturing the Open Championship, my teammate, and it was a battle that kind of went down to the, the very end, the final night. We had three people eligible. And it was a dogfight back and forth. At one point, Casey McLean uh, led quite a few weekends. At one point, I was leading the standings. And then towards the end, Landon kind of got out front. He was able to never look back. Um, and, and for us, you know, things got close. At one point, it looked like we were we were going to be leading with just a couple races to go. But unfortunately, the cards just didn't fall to where I was, where I needed to be. And I didn't qualify as good as I needed to. Um, and we just we just weren't able to close out the season, which is part of racing. So we came home third in the standings. But still going into the final night, there was a couple of things, not benefits. Obviously, you wanted to be competing for the championship. But going into the final A-Main event, if I would have ended up on the front row, I was going to go for the back row challenge. Now, that, that didn't end up happening. My teammate Landon got on the front row. He went to the back, which for anybody that doesn't know, that is um, the challenge that's been going on at Red Bluff last couple of seasons. $10,000 on the line. And we joked, what what did you say? Um, all of our buddies, you know, they were racing sprint cars in Southern California. We had outlaw oh, carts yeah. going on. What did you say? I said, so just a little backstory here, me and Tanner, Tanner mainly gets a lot of, you know, flack from our friends about running carts and stuff when the outdoor season starts. But, you know, we, we texted in the group said, Hey, you know, you may be running for 10,000 to win outlaw show at Tulare, but we're running 10,000 to win here (laughs) at Red Bluff outlaws. If you take the back row challenge presented by fast four. Um, but you know, that's pretty funny that you, and it's crazy to think you have that opportunity every weekend here. Um, granted you have to fall into it, but if you get it, you can run for $10,000. And a lot of people took it this year. No one was successful. I think the farthest run was probably into the top three or four. At some points, there's a couple of people that have got all the way to second. I think Uh, there's only two and it's Landon who last year, last points race was side by side, Almost almost won it. And the second person was Trace Adams who went from the back all the way up to second and 
finish there, but uh, those are the two close people that we've had. And, and it's hard to do. I mean, that is, you know, certain places you could maybe go back to front, not easily, but, you know, maybe if it just fell right. But Red Bluff, legit, everything has to go your way. If, right. if one mistake happens throughout the race or just one thing one bad that hinders you, I mean, especially since there's only a two spin rule. So you get involved in one yellow, then you got to be cautious the whole race. And, and when you're coming from the back, you can't be cautious. You got to be on it. You know, something that I thought of too is your best odds to win this $10,000 are the longer races, right? Yep. But the longer races are the more prestigious races. So that's going to be a title race such as a Vern Wheeler Memorial, Perpetual Race, Nationals. Yep. Nationals is 50 laps. If presented the opportunity to go the back <sighs> at West Coast Nationals, what do you do? I don't know. That's a hard 50 call. 50 laps, $10,000 thought about it. Win. And I think, too, to make it even worse, I guess, if I say no here, I think it's 25 plus 10, so I think it'd be 12.5. Yeah. The but, largest payout in outlaw yeah, cart history. It's so hard to say because most times the Nationals is won from up front just right. because it's rubber. Usually. It's the hardest field. Sometimes the track's good, sometimes it's not. And it's just, man, if you can get out front and at least even just hang out in the top three, it's really hard to knock you down in a way. I don't know what it is about this race, but that is a big part of it. So I don't know. I, I The way, the way it's so hard to say because if, winning a Nationals, in my opinion, Especially in the open class yeah. is such a it, it's the capital. There's it's only the, there's only so many people have done it. It's the top. And the way I look at it is the only reason I would feel comfortable with this decision is because you have a halfway point, fuel True. stop, mandatory stop. You know, you could run a conservative, aggressive first half so you don't take yourself out, but you know, maybe if you can put yourself in the top ten or top eight, top six possibly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you'd have a lot of momentum going into the second half, whereas the guys that are already leading are like, okay, I got I got to be a, I got to be defense. You know, you come in and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but halfway breaks when they come and talk to you or fuel breaks, do you ever worry when you hear, okay, someone's been getting faster behind you or do you, do you ever, does that come across your mind? You're like, now that you know what's going on behind you or do you feel more comfortable knowing? I kind of feel more comfortable knowing, you know, I feel like for me, if my crew under that halfway break isn't feeding me as much possible information, that's, that's bad. You know, I need to know right. everything. If I'm doing something wrong, that's their time to tell me what other people are doing. I need to tell about my race car if we're allowed to make adjustments, which I'm pretty sure at nationals, it's open to everything minus you can't change a tire. So that gives you free ball game. You can really throw, throw a wrench and a curveball into your setup if need be. I remember last year, I was so tight at the halfway break. I just was like, turns, right? I was like, can you just do anything to free this thing up? And I don't know what we ended up doing. I don't remember, but it ended up just getting tighter and then I flipped. So, um, but yeah, basically, yeah, the halfway break, that's an, that's another thing that we don't get to do that, you know, obviously benefits going to the back. I guess the only thing I'll say, cause I can't really answer yes or no. Part of me wants to more say no, just cause I I'm here to win. I want to win. And if I, if being on the front row, cause I, I feel like as a driver, if you put me on the front row, and I run a perfect race, I think I'm going to be really hard to beat. Just like if you put probably four or five other guys, top right. guys on the front row, it's really hard to beat them when they're on the front row because they control it, you know, because some people are going to say, man, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. That is very true. But if you win, it's 2500 bucks. That's a good payday for our team. That's a good payday for everyone involved. But at the involved. end of the day, you get the eagle. In the eagle. And that's the most important part. I just hate taking it. And then obviously if you take it and you win, it's awesome. But if right. you take it and you crash out or you run sick. You think, well, damn it. I yeah, I should just stay on the front row. So 
it's such a it's such a both ways battle, but it's definitely a good question, and I'm sure yeah, a lot any, of drivers are going to go through that. Anyone that's listening, go ahead and comment down below. Um, let's fill the comments up. What would you do? <laughs> would you take it for twelve five, right? Twelve five, and, and even if it's eagle, ten still, or would you? Uh, would you not take it and start up front row? 50 laps, you get a halfway point, West Coast Nationals. I want to know. Yeah, and especially if you've been here, you know the atmosphere and what we're about to experience intensity-wise the next couple of days. Uh, to va- to rewind, actually, just to the wa- one last thing I wanted to say about the last points race before we get into our next segment. You guys saw that I blew up, stuck a piston in the engine, and just to describe that moment, because that is something that hasn't happened to me in a while where it went that abruptly... Two, two or three years three, ago, we oh. almost knew going into the main, like, this could be, this this is dangerous. Because you oh, blew yeah. up, like, three or four times in a week. Oh, bro, right? yeah. Oh, you yeah. Talking about? My rookie year. Rookie year. Yeah. Oh, I blew up all the time. Yeah. Every time I rolled we out, like, I was like, we're blown up. I was like, Tanner's going to be fast, but I hope we make it. <laughs> I hope we get, yeah. And, and so, you know, ever since I had my rookie year, which Bennett's describing, where we blew up a lot, our engine package isn't really much different, but we did it. Like some things are different, but then also I was not one of the things that caused us to blow up a lot was I used to use the clutch and um, it was over revving the engine and just a combination of what it was doing. It was getting it so hot and then it would just explode basically. But so things got a little bit different and that was also in my own car. I started driving for QRC and ever since the last couple of seasons, we've had a pretty good engine package and, and minimal um, issues. And in order to run for a title, you have to do that. You got to you got to try to find a happy medium where you got a lot of speed but everything lasts and does what it's supposed to. So I get out front last weekend and I'm 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 feeling good. This is definitely the best I felt in the last couple of weeks. You were gone. Car was driving good. I I felt like I almost had to try to make a mistake if I wanted to just hit my marks. Track wasn't too difficult to drive and uh, I kept my wheel spinning moving forward. Track was abrasive, but you could move around and I think just where I started on the front row, I was able to just maintain my pace and not do anything crazy and when I wanted to get to the lead, get to the lead. Um, and then all of a sudden I came off a of turn two with three to go and I heard this noise and it was a horrible noise. I couldn't even describe what happened. It was just, you hear it and you're like, oh boy, that's not good. Going to three and four. And before I even could get to the corner, I was thinking I need to probably grab the clutch. Cause I'm thinking, all right, it's going to die. It's going to try to start killing itself, but we don't have many laps left. And I know I'm far enough ahead. Maybe I could limp it home. And even if I limped it home to third, that would suck. But third pays better than last. So, um, Anyway, I go to grab the clutch, and before I do that, I'm already wheels locked up backwards into the fence, and my race is over. And it was just crazy how it happened so fast. Like, it wasn't a slow die. It was, all right, we're done. Packed in the just fence. snapped it backwards, yeah. Just crazy. I saw it, and I was like, uh, I know Tanner, there's no way he hit the brakes there and did that. And I looked over at Jimmy up on the wall, and I was like, yep, yeah, it blew up. And yeah. he, he even... You know, I, Jimmy's was like... Eh, I could read his lips, too, because I kind of looked at him, and I gave the sign just, you know, obviously, so he knew right away, but... And I could read his lips. He just had this, like, shaking head looking like, yeah, I just exploded. <laughs> his eyes were like, oh, my god. Especially, like, it's one thing if that happens when you maybe it's a race or whatever, but, like, when you're that far out front, wins like that, you just... You don't want to pass them up. It's, it's hard to win at Red Bluff, but... Um, so, basically, that happened. That ended our, our point season, which, disappointing, but... At the end of the day, there's nothing I can do about it. And I trust, you know, as a team, obviously we'll bounce back and, and you know, Jimmy is one of the best there is. So I don't question his ability and whatever exactly happened as they diagnosed it throughout the week, it's going to be fine. And um, it absolutely does not worry me one bit going into West Coast Nationals. We actually just fired up the car. It sounded good. Yeah. Sounded good. Um, and if we have to make any changes throughout the weekend, we absolutely will. And we have the resources to do so. I think I was going to note, um, 
I might need to be fact-checked on this, but I think I saw it on social media. QRC with the championship sweep. Absolutely. I think yep. so. Props to Jimmy. You That's know, pretty right cool. There. QRC sweeps every division, you know, manufacturer-wise, and I think a lot of people overlook that, but, oh yeah, um, you know, QRC once again comes out on top. As far as consistency, I mean, you know, some years it's split between multiple manufacturers, but yeah, this year uh, the top guys in every class were a QRC, which is something absolutely for them and all of us involved to be proud of is it's just um i mean it, it goes to show top product and consistency wise and speed it, it's there and, and and you have to have that to run right. a 12 race season and contend up front for points uh so that's kind of championship night we talked a little bit about west coast nationals this is this next segment's kind of funny i told bennett he had to absolutely remind me of this and it kind of has to do with what we do it's not too off topic but i had a dream I had a dream recently that in this, we're going to get into this dream for one second here on the podcast. So I guess to give a little bit of backstory, um, this is really funny. So when you spend, a, when obviously when everyone's together, when, you know, when you're with your friends or with your family, obviously, you know, so much more about that person. And one, one weird trait that I have, if I'm just being honest is I like, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper and I kind of almost like, I sometimes do some crazy things when I sleep. You can confirm better, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's, Definitely. It, I, I I have a, it's a, it's a weird deal. So well, I like, think we mentioned before on the podcast about the one time you fell off the top bunk. It's like a weird combination of a sleepwalking problem, but also like my brain just doesn't shut off. So I sometimes like talk a little bit, but it's about relevant things. But right. like sometimes I'm not really necessarily putting a sentence together. Right. I mean, it's fully, it's, it's a full conversation. You're just yes. not awake. Yes. I'm just not there. So like, it's weird. And I remember it happening, but I don't remember what I say. Um, so anyway, that's part of that. And so with that, I also have weird dreams because usually when I'm doing something or talking or speaking yeah. in my sleep, it's because I'm having something crazy going on or whatever. So I had this dream last weekend and it was before Red Bluff. So let me paint a picture. It's pretty quick. So we're in Medford, Bennett and I, and I think Carly and my dad, there was like four of us in this car and we were actually in South Medford. Um, obviously you guys listening aren't going to know specifically, but we were like, we were right off the freeway at that McDonald's. You maybe have I remember going to the McDonald's yeah, right in that drive through there. And there's a grocery store, Winco. Yeah. Okay. So we were in this parking lot guys. And there's, like I said, there's a big grocery store and there's all these fast food places right on a corner, right next to downtown. Not really a great area. So we're in this car and all of a sudden all these police officers start like, driving down the road away from us towards downtown like i said towards not a great area of town and they're chasing all these people i'm like oh whatever so like we're like okay things are about to get crazy and so all of a sudden like they chase these people and the guys start running back our way like they're chasing a group of maybe five or six and they come running and they're all wearing tanner holmes merch and like these are criminals and they start oh shooting them down and they gunned all these guys down in my in tanner holmes merch and we were like we watched it all happen in this parking lot i just thought it was the craziest that's thing. so bizarre yeah like, do you think it was because you know what might be a cause of that is i don't know if you've ever seen like um danny duncan or various youtubers are so large i say where they're gonna be and they get there and law enforcement literally has to come pick them up yeah. and take them out because there's so many fans like do you, i mean do you think it stems from <laughs> well that, i think or? i know what it so it's funny so literally i think how i had this dream is because a day or two before i saw this video on facebook of that happening to someone there was like a police chase oh, and in okay. any way the guy like the cops pulled up on this guy but anyway i just thought it was crazy um and yeah and there was honestly even more people there that like 
I recognize in the, you know, it's just crazy how you have dreams like that. Yeah. And that, that's like every single night has always something racing related with some random people. And anyway, I, I've had some dreams that are just questionable. When you wake up, you're like, did that really happen? Or was that a dream? <laughs> I mean, I, and it's so know, real. It it's is. like, you're in the moment. Like I swear, like I said, dude, there was all these people and I remember it. Like I was, and it's just, I don't know. I, I craziest woke, thing. Well, so I woke up at like six this morning. I've been waking up at six lately. Just gotcha. For work and stuff. And I took a nap after I worked my first shift. And uh, I I know, like, oh, I was sleeping and I was like, in my mind, okay, I'm going to be late for work. I need to wake up because, so I have two different jobs right now. And I'm, like, thinking, well, I'm going to be late because I have to go back for the second shift. But that's only on Wednesdays. I don't have it. So, gotcha. Like, your mind is so weird the way it's working when you're asleep. I don't get it. Like, it, and it's so vivid sometimes. And honestly, another thing I have to say and maybe you had this before at some point, but like as far as dreams go, whenever I have like a any, whether it's a good or bad race, but more bad than anything, if I have like a bad night where things went wrong, that night I struggle to sleep because like the race is happening in different ways in my head. But like after a perpetual trophy night, I won't lie, when I spun come into the white, like dude, that night was one of the worst nights of my life because literally I was trying to sleep and it's, it's just keeps playing. But like I said, it's happening in different ways and things are going crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's just I, I know what you're talking about. Cause I know the night I went home from uh, blowing up at Coos Bay, I always thought back like, yeah, what happened? Know, maybe, maybe I, did I do something wrong? Like you run every scenario in your head. Like, you know, what, what did I not check? What went wrong? What do I need to do next time? And it's almost like, it's horrible. It's horrible because you can never figure it out. Like, yeah. I just had to fall asleep, but I don't know. And lately, some nights, I can't even go to sleep. I think I made a Facebook post. Um, my Facebook's kind of more private to family and friends, but I made a post. I think it was at 2.35 a.m. or 3. And I was like, I got a great idea. And I get my best ideas that late. Yes. But I literally lay there and I cannot sleep. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so weird, but... That's the way she goes sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's if it, and that's another thing. We'd love to hear where you guys, if you guys have some crazy racing dreams, I know we always talk about one of the common racing dreams is that you're late for staging oh, yeah. and you wake up in a panic and you're like, that's another one. You wake up all sweaty because you're like running through the pits or something. Wait, have you, have you ever missed a race? Anything like it could be heat race qualifying. I don't factor. think actually I've missed once and really at Chico because they have fantastic. Speakers <laughs> no, it was a cage clone. I missed a dang heat race. Oh, well, I had to. So we ran the I put on a torque converter. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the track to do that. at. It would have been good at Red Bluff, but it blew up in qualifying shredded it. If Did you, you change the motor? I had to change. I had to change the gear. I had to move the motor. I had to put a brand new chain on because how much shorter it was. And so, you know, we got done in time and I walked up to go see where everyone's at. And then the cage clones are next. I get up there. They're literally rolling under caution. I get to the gate. Haven't taken the green yet. And my heat's on the track. And the one track race was like, oh, you're on track. Go, go, go. I get up there and the guy at the gate's like, nope, it's too late. And I see him coming out of two. They're still going down the back stretch. Lights out. Like, you know, they definitely could have been like, oh, yeah, go tag the back right there. But I guess not. So is what it is. But, you know, it's my first race <laughs> I ever missed. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. But like I said, I've had that dream. And that, that that's such a horrible thing because some places it is easy to do that. Like when things happen quick, especially when you have a time like that, when yeah. you're you're trying to change everything, you don't have any, but no one's coming to get you. That's that's my biggest pet peeve about cycling, I guess, is because the audio is so bad out in the yeah. North 40, whereas Red Bluff... I don't know who it was. We've had a, 
a large amount of, uh, I guess it's say staging announcers that yeah. yell for staging. As of lately, I don't think we've had anyone, but before they used to have someone that'd say, you know, 250 heats on deck, opens yeah. or in the hole, you know, something like that. So you always knew, you know, even if you're out there relaxing, you knew when to come up, but Cyclans was different. And I know sometimes sprint car races, um, my favorite thing about the outlaws, I don't know if the outlaws do it too. I think they do. USAC outlaws and all stars use air horns. Oh my, and so cool. it's so, it's so like, you know, what's going on, you know, when you're, you're getting ready to go up. It's so easy. Whereas like we've been at some local shows and you don't even know what's up next or, yeah. you know, but anyways, I, yeah. It sucks. When when the horn goes off, it's eight minutes, and the second horn goes off, it's four, and then like when the I think if there's a third, then it's like you better be there. It's pretty cool because you know, at the second horn after that, you see all these like quads and cars just pushing up to staging, which is so uniformed in a way. It's actually pretty cool. If, yeah. if you ever get the chance to go hang out in the pits um, for an All Star USAC uh, or you know World of Outlaw race, it's pretty cool to watch that happen. More more tracks need to uh, take advantage of that. The next segment, so at the time this podcast drops, my schedule should be out uh, for where we're going to be. So I just real quickly, not run through the whole thing, but I wanted to hit the key events that we're going to be at um, as far. And we talked about this on the last show, just a couple of tracks we were going to, but this is going to be the big events that our team plans on running. We have the Knoxville Nationals 360 and 410 and pretty much anything that's happening in Knoxville for those two weeks, we will be there. Then we have the Dirt Cup, which is 50000 to win for the 410. That's going to be huge. Gold Cup Race of Champions with the Outlaws at Chico. We have Trophy Cup at the end of the year, which is a big 360 show. Both nights of the Peter Murphy Classic uh, down in Tulare and Hanford in California. Both of those are pretty well paying for the 410 and, and I think the 360. Then we have the Fastest Four Days in Motorsports, which is the Southern Oregon Speedway, Willamette, and Grays Harbor uh, doubleheader. Uh, for the four nights of racing with King of the West, which I'm sure will draw a pretty good car count. They kind of released the dates for that, or the, they, the names. So was that the same event that happened last year, but down in Stockton, Merced? Yeah, they Ocean. ran. so they ran down there, and then this yeah. year they're going to make it in the Northwest, which is going to still have pretty much all the same is guys. That, is that leading up to Dirt Cup? So it's like, it's Memorial Day weekend, and then teams will probably come back, and then they have like one weekend off. Okay. Or they have a, they still have a race, but it's down in California. And then the next weekend, they run a couple shows on the way up to Dirt Cup, mm -hmm. and then they run Dirt Cup that weekend. So gotcha. it's like three of the four weeks that are happening are going to be pretty chaotic for KWS and a lot of shows at many, many different racetracks. So gotcha. that's going to be interesting. And then uh, the only other one also to add on there is the Fall Nationals, as well as many other races with the All-Stars, a couple more with the Outlaws. Um, some some local smoky smoky weekly shows yeah. we like to say <laughs> here and there, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a big season. I kind of planned out our schedules probably about around fifty races by the time we have some rainouts here and there and some weekends and where we run and not. But um, yeah, this year is looking to be uh, really really good. And then at the same time, Carly's probably gonna run twenty or twenty five shows in the midst of all of it. Yeah, I think my my schedule I set up this year to be more of a free flowing type schedule. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going around or going on behind the scenes that I'm not going to disclose, which you know about and stuff. So uh, my focus is kind of really on that, but in between here and there, I'm going to try to run, I think, Wairika and Southern Oregon as often as I can. And then my big, I guess, outing will most likely be Speed Week, if I can make that, or Week of Speed. And then um, possibly maybe get down to Placerville. I feel like Placerville will be so sick for the dwarf car. But oh, yeah. you know, I just want to iron out, stay local, get some laps under my belt, you know, build a decent notebook. Um, you know, I think 
going out, we had high hopes, high dreams to race all this stuff. And I still have that. I'm just setting myself up for the future. Absolutely. So maybe a couple years down the road, we'll be able to run a lot more. Absolutely. But, um, you know, as of right now, sometimes you got to focus on life a little bit, but I'm also going to be, you know, trying to run a lot of local stuff. So uh, I think it'll be fun to document that and plus get pretty good at two tracks. For sure. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, why Rika and Southern Oregon got a really good relationship going. I don't, know if, you saw, I don't know if you saw the modified thing they're doing. They're doing like a combined series between the two with extra money on the line and it's like oh, 20 wow. shows. So that's, we need more of that. Like right. that's so cool that for, I think it might be for A mod and B mod. Um, or maybe it's one of them, but still, regardless, you can run like all these shows and it, they put extra money on the line if you commit and this and that. But uh, for, you know, for a place that's an hour apart, that's perfect. So if more tracks, you know, in the Northwest can kind of work together and throw some extra money online, I know it's not always the easiest thing to do, but I believe they got some sponsors involved and that, that really, that really helps as far as building a schedule and being able to race, you know, just a little bit away from your doorstep. I know it's not, um. It's not in combine or combination with any other track, but Chico's kind of got something going on like that too. Extra for sure. money for sprint cars, which is huge because, you know, I think there's not too many, you know, tracks you can go run and try to run a full points race necessarily yes. in three or four ten. Right? Is it? Is it? I think it's like combined for yeah. four ten and three sixty. Right. So you can run both. Which but it's I think it's nice, you know how it's not really a whole lot of races too. Right. You know, you run all their shows. Like it's one thing to run a twenty five points race season, but if you can run ten or twelve. You know, it makes it obviously it's harder for the track, but it's easier on the drivers. You run all the races, you get extra money, um, which I'm not sure exactly how many it is, but it's really not too bad. So yeah. big um, props to SLC Promotions. Yes, yep, those, out with that. those guys, a lot of a lot of big things on the West Coast, which is super exciting for us sprint car guys out here. Is for a while it's kind of felt like, or racing in general sometimes feels like you're on an island, but uh, you know compared to some of the things they have in the Midwest. But I think we're kind of starting to adopt some new things, and with the right people in place, it's it's looking really really good to uh, end today's show. Not to throw you on the spot, but I think I know what your answer is. We're going to end with our our favorite West Coast Nationals moment that we've had. It can be something that we watch take place. It can be something that happened to us on track. It could be any go. Okay. Um, and like, favorite, favorite moment. You know, obviously, looking back, the hardest moment was definitely finishing runner-up to Tanner Carrick. You know, you talk about going to sleep and thinking of what you could have done yeah. different for weeks on end. Uh, that was definitely one of them. Um, I don't know. I think this might, you might have to help me remember this because I think it's a little bit, uh, different, but I think sportsman division 2016 or 17 was it Bo Perkins or Chris Renaud in the 35 car when there was a fight, maybe no, he won it. And I think, Oh I think yeah, he, it was. Yeah. You have to help me remember it. It's like kind of slight in my memory. I don't know for sure, but I believe you're, yeah, I know I, what you're talking about. I think he, it was such a big deal because I think it was Chris Renaud. Chris Renaud was running and he was, he was pretty fast or whatnot. And then I think two cars wrecked in front of him. Maybe the leaders did. And I think we've had a few of those happen in history, yeah. but he burnt it down. I remember in turn four and flipped the deal over. I remember he did donuts before, like he literally crossed the checkered, like maybe yeah. did half a corner and was doing donuts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Goodness. That just reminded me of my favorite memory. That's not my favorite memory. That's a cool memory I remembered, but it just reminded me. Favorite memory, I think some Idaho guys tangled with the wrong group in Red Bluff. <laughs> in turn two, I remember it vividly. Is this what you thought I would say? Yes, I thought this is what you were going okay, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I think Chris Renaud might have been involved in that. No, maybe no. he was. I don't know. Still sportsman division. There's a couple people. Yeah, still sportsman division, right? I think so. I believe so. Uh, 
I don't know if you've ever seen all of the stands and hot pits rush to track before, but we had a, or two sportsman cars, and I'll paint the picture. And so we have the infield berm um, turn two. Uh, a car was up on the berm, and another car was on the hood, and they were like kind of facing each other, and they were pissed off, beating on each other the whole race, and they ended up wrecking. Someone held it wide open. I don't remember who the two people were. I wish yeah. I wish this was on I wish camera. there was a video. I this know. is the most incredible Red Bull moment I ever seen in my he, life. He holds it wide open into the nose of the other driver, literally gets out. I think the other guy gets out and flips over the cart that was holding it wide open with the other guy still in it. So one driver gets out, flips over the cart on its side, and literally 10-plus people from the stands, everybody from the Honestly, hot pits. it might have been like 50 people. Yeah rushing just rushing to the to the two carts to fight and there was no intentions of like backing everyone up <laughs> no. this was this was an all-out this was four or five officials versus like a group of people 50, so yeah like there was all sorts of things there wasn't yeah there was a fight on track everybody's jumping in some people are just having fun with it like i saw one guy got out i i think it might have been colby copeland it was someone maybe it wasn't him but he grabbed one of the guy's cars in the top two and was doing donuts. He was like pushing it, doing donuts yeah. for fun. I know who. Uh, I know who won that weekend. It was or, the guy in like six. It was a fluke. Yeah, it was a fluke win. It was this guy who used to be on a uh, NASCAR, NASCAR gas man. Yeah, gas man ended up winning it. Never won a race in his whole entire life, and he was running like sixth. And the only reason he won is because none of his crew guys, I believe, or nobody jumped. involved, jumped on the track. I don't think Everyone he got had crew guys. Like, I don't. I think <laughs> <laughs> no, he might be yeah. right. That was the craziest memory right there. Like that, if that, I, the fact that that's not on video is the most horrible part because, like, like I said, I wish you guys can imagine. Watch one of my Red Bluff videos. There's a, there's tons of people on track. People are fighting, fighting out in the pit. People like, fighting everywhere, and the guy that's just parked in like one of the corners he, that was running I in think the he's back parked on the back stretch, and yeah. then everyone's like pushing out, and he's just still waiting there. And I think the announcer's like, "Hey, by default, after disqualification, they had to go through everything." Uh, you know. Tom Brown just ended up winning this thing and and everyone's he was like no chance like yeah that was crazy the dude couldn't believe that he won imagine Craziest. winning an eagle like that just because you didn't fight like <laughs> that's sick that is yeah no so that I would agree that 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 definitely goes right there with one of the coolest moments I've watched um my favorite moment as far as my behind the wheel was when I won in 2014 in box stock only because well I mean it was cool that we won but one of the neat things that took place that race was I won running the top in a box stock, which was like kind of different. I used the top to get to the lead. I was just building momentum all race. And I finally had a run, crossed underneath, got the lead, and then went on to win. So that was my only West Coast Nationals Eagle I've ever had. Uh, so we're hoping to add to that this weekend. But that was crazy just because, I mean, I I'd ran second in the points that year. So I was pretty disappointed in that. And it was a little bit of a long weekend. I started fifth in the race and just clawed my way to the front and then got out front and checked out. And one of the crazy moments at the end of it, so I remember I took the white, I was gone, but there was a red flag. And so I didn't know if I should be racing to the checkered or stopping because it was red. And I remember everyone kept racing and I didn't. And I got ran over. Like I got hit and I thought it was like, all right, might have knocked because with the Subaru days, mm -hmm. knock your carburetor off right. if they ramped your right rear. Um, and luckily enough, that did not take place, but I did get hit by about four different cars. Um, so that's one of the coolest moments behind the wheel. The other just, I feel like, iconic when you think of West Coast Nationals moments from a more recent era, you know, with Fast Four being there, because what you described was probably right before the Fast Four days, right. is Jesse Caldwell's last lap slider on Ryan yeah. Whitley to win the Nationals in maybe 15 or six, maybe it was 2016. I mean... 
you know, the whole race, Ryan Whitley is out front, which Ryan Whitley t- at this point had just got his first open win the week before. Right. It was his first year running opens full time, I think. He, he hadn't even raced much as of recent. The RFC. Yeah, in the RFC days. And so, like I said, this if you're talking about an underdog leading the West Coast Nationals, I don't think many people would have picked Ryan Whitley. Yeah, he right. won the week before, but it was just one of those deals. So he's out front leading the biggest race of his life. And all of a sudden, there's a last, there's a late race restart with one lap to go. He led all the way till one lap to go when a yellow came out. And you have Jesse Caldwell, who at the time was one of the great. He was he was one of the top guys at the time. He still right. is, but I mean, this was this is when he was racing. Probably the most he was racing at. Um, and last lap slide job. Jesse sails it in the corner on a restart, clears the slider, blocks the slider in three and four. He drag raced with someone else to the line, and Ryan Whitley ends up spinning out and running. I don't even know even in the top ten. There was a huge pileup, and it was just a jaw dropping. Like, what did we just watch? It was clean, but it yeah. was like. Nobody w- was predicting that. I think you're, you're going to have to help me remember this because what stems from that question vividly is, you know, mullet media. Yeah. For everyone that doesn't mullet media, it w- know what that is. Uh, it was a like kind of a post-race talk show that was posted um, by Shane Graham. And it necessarily didn't go how everyone wanted to go because it was more of a, I don't know. Your interpretation of it is what it was. But anyways, I remember Jesse sitting there, and I don't know if that was his... Was that his second West Coast Nationals? Or that was third? his first one. First? Yeah, it was his first one. Okay. Well, a couple years later, I think he ended up winning he three. Won, he won his second one. His second one. And someone... I know it was between him and Mike Wheeler. And there was the jump start call. It was the jump start call, and uh, I remember him sitting there on the show saying, um, I, I said I couldn't hear you last time behind my eagle and now yeah. i definitely can't hear you behind both of my eagles <laughs> yeah it was so funny like the way he said it i i you know i hope somewhere that footage is saved i don't know who would have it but yeah uh that was classic but. And, and nationals just brings out those kind of moments you know and like i said jesse is one of the guys when you think of nationals since he has two eagles i don't know how many i don't even know if there is a there probably is but he's one of the yeah. few guys to have two eagles and win you know multiple times so he's definitely one of the favorites this weekend and there's a lot of top guys we're all going to be gunning for it but yeah it's just uh that's what this weekend's all about the intensity it's this non-back down everybody's here to get it done and if we're not leaving with an eagle we might just be carrying what we don't know what we're leaving with so i know it's so crazy to think like you know, one I feel like West Coast Nationals one moment you could be you know having a great race rolling hero next, to zero and zero next, to hero right next moment you're done just kind of like last year you know you were rolling and yeah and then I'm upside down out of the park you know you so can't much stuff you happens. can't you can't count yourself out and I think like the Jesse deal when he won you know you you can't count yourself out you're running fourth fifth sixth you're still in it you no know, you don't know what could happen on the last lap right. everyone could start fighting and you're running sixth and you win right who knows. Uh, so yeah, just that's that's what we're here for. If you've never been to West Coast Nationals, it's I don't care that it's an outlaw cart race. You better have it on your list. You got to experience it one day. And it, it's a good welcome to Red Bluff too. I think eventually, if we can get it to be a huge paying, like you know, I think one day it could pay ten grand to win. Same. I think it's going to be next to what's the biggest micro race? I guess shootout. Yeah, shootout. Uh, but paying wise, I I know High Banks Hustle or there's a couple other ones right. that are really t- all I know. It's going to be premier. Like yeah. our, it already is, but it's you on know, its if way. If it keeps growing the way Outlaw Cards are growing, it's going to be huge. Absolutely, I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. We got a fun weekend ahead of us. Uh, Bennett, thank you for joining me yep. today, and we will see you guys all next Wednesday on Off the Track. See you later.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer.